Yo, what up everybody? Welcome back to another segment of House of J. This is your host with the most Trey Dismute. And yo, I just want to say first and foremost, good morning everybody. Happy Wednesday. I'm so glad to wake up this morning. I'm so grateful for the breath of life that has been given to me and I hope that you are just as grateful. Yo, we have so much to be grateful about and to give God glory for and I just want to thank him right now above all things for all that he's given me all the wisdom the guidance for my life for a place to stay running water food to eat my beautiful wife my children my 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 mother my father and and everybody in my circle of influence my co-workers everybody who I have around me that I'm able to impart wisdom on and be able to just influence and show them the true love of God that he has given me. And I'm so glad that I have had people in my life that have been able to help me see the glory of God as well through them. And it's it's so humbling. And I just want to tell you guys, that's exactly what I want to talk about today is about being selfless. I don't want to wait until a new year to be a new you. So we we right now, we're in the month of October. We have about two and a half more months until give or take two and a half more months until the new year comes and I want you to get the mindset now that this is gonna be next year is gonna be a new year but less of me right now because new people you know people normally say new year new me right so this is what we're gonna say because the selfish mind says new year new me but the selfless mind says new year less me so i don't want you guys to go anywhere we are going to be right back and learning how we can become more selfless in our life As we gain more humility in each and every area, as we grow and come closer to God and more relative to his people, where people will be able to see the light through us and all that we do. So do not go anywhere, y'all. This is going to be a good one. I will be right back in a few moments. Stay tuned. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a segment of House of J. This is your host with the most, Trey Dismute. And yo, like I told you guys, we are about to talk about how we can become selfless. Um, I've gotten a chance to, to really um, dig deep into this, man. I broke it up into a few things that I feel can help us in building our character and building 
everything that we feel like is a selfless nature and being able to help people and being able to come into the actual glory and true creation that God has made us for. Like I said earlier, we have to get out of the selfish mindset of new year, new me. And like I said, we're about two and a half months out from the new year, but I want to get started on this mindset now. So when we go into the new year, we already have the mindset of being selfless, of being selfless, not selfish, because the selfish mindset says new year, new me. The selfless mindset says new year, less me. So I want you guys to really let that sink in and really think about what that means as I go through this and really be able to help you humble out in each and every area of your life. So we're going to start off, like I said, being selfless. Now, there's different there's different words that the world describes right as as how people should be and there's and there's about self-esteem you know there's there's self-help inner self um self-talk self-service like help yourself be yourself love yourself and and the list can go on right and there's nothing inherently wrong with any word or phrase that is on you know the little list i just gave you but god loves you Right. And he has good plans for you. However, there is something awry with 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 how often these words find their way into describing a life following Jesus. And here's why. Right. Because Jesus illustrated our faith and stunning like it was just stunning, just contrast and to most of what we hear in today's world. Like sometimes even in contrast to what we even hear in churches nowadays. And he did so with these two rather and to to most people, they're inconvenient words. And the two words is deny self. Right. Jesus had just finished telling his closest friends and followers that he'd eventually be killed before he was raised back to life. At that. Right. Peter, uh, a part of Jesus, he's part of Jesus. Um, um inner circle right he scolded jesus for talking that way heaven forbid he said like it's as if he was saying god wouldn't you let wouldn't let like you experience something so hard jesus like that's that's what peter was telling him but if you look at jesus response jesus sternly rejected peter's reasoning as human thinking Right before he let Peter and the rest of us know what it would really be like to follow him and enter those (laughs) those inconvenient words that we talked about, which is deny self. So this is this is what I want to happen. We're going to we're going to shift over and we're going to think about like what what are your friends really into think about it like the people around you so like kids a relationship their dog you know their job you know if it's some season on netflix like maybe you don't know but think about what can they just not stop talking about is it a hobby politics and what if we ask them the same question about you so keep that in mind so there's this really great story right in acts 4 and and by this time jesus had gone back to heaven as he promised the holy spirit had come and filled his followers with power new gifts and and like you'll see some kind of like otherworldly courage 
This story follows John and Peter, the closest of Jesus' friends while he was here on earth. Peter was the one who got scared and denied Jesus to a young girl while he was being killed, right? And John is the one who liked to make it clear that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. But something changed about these two after Jesus left, after the Holy Spirit came. So the the uh, the story I read I read the story today right and I, I'll tell you what I, I I took from it right because I don't want you to miss this part so in, in four and thirteen right of Acts it says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John right and this part. When these two were commanded by one of the most powerful officials in the region to stop telling people about Jesus. And then um, in Acts 4 and 19 and 20, it says, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? But we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. So think about it. What can you not stop talking about? So as a follower of Jesus, right, you have access through the Holy Spirit to the same otherworldly courage that John and Peter discovered. Ask him for boldness and ideas and names as you step out boldly to share the reason for the hope that you have. We have to become so selfless, right, that that what we talk about, it has to be outside of ourself. It can't be what we care about, the things that we want to do, the things that are all about us. But it has to be about the things that God has put inside of us, has, has graced us with and what he has done for us. That's how we become selfless in knowing that we cannot do all the things that we do or all the things that we have without our our Christ and Savior, right? And, and one of the main things, right, that is the issues with being selfless, selfless is the culture that we live in and everything that we're being told and fed that, that the, the, the level playing field of humility it no longer exists that everything has to be about proud you should be proud and you should be uplifted in everything that you do and somebody should recognize you for all that you're doing but this is completely contradicting and going against the very teachings of Jesus himself and everything that he had created us and charged us as his followers so I want you to think about what what it is people talk about when they think of you. So so think about this, right? So so my next my next category is I, I, I and it's not even a category. It's just a point that I started seeing when I was reading up on selflessness and what it truly is and how we can recognize it in each and every situation, not only in our lives, but in the stories in the Bible. Right. And the next one was called She Always. And and so I had in quotes like, oh, yeah, she always does that. Right. And it seems like this phrase rarely comes like as a compliment. Right. Because think about 
Like, what does your boss always do? How about your spouse? What do they always do? Your friends always do. And when we say these things like, oh, you always do this, you always do that. But I want you to think about it in a compliment for what is it somebody always does that is able to improve you? And what do you always do to be able to improve the lives around others? Right. So if we look in the Bible, right, Dorcas was always up to something. And if you don't know uh, Dorcas, maybe maybe you know her by her other name, which is Tabitha. Right. And she lived at the same time as the Apostle Peter. Now, although she's not really well known today, she had a reputation in her town. And in fact, it's possible her habit led to her death. Right. And scripture says she always did kind things for others, especially the poor. The next thing we know, she's dead. <laughs> right. So maybe she was helping the sick. Um, you know, diseases would have been hard to treat and the poor like would have had almost no access to healthcare back then. So think about Dorcas funeral. Like what would her friends have said? Maybe something like this, like she, that she always helped me when I had, um, more, more month than money. Like she always listened. She always helped people find jobs. She always washed the sores on my feet. She always showed up when I was ready to give up. And, and it would be this sense of she always, right? If, and that's, and that's if, but let me tell you what happened in reality. Cause turns out there wasn't much time for a funeral because her friends were busy begging Peter to come pray for her. And he did. And she came back to life and news spread throughout the whole town. And many began following Jesus because she always Right. And maybe that's one reason Jesus said in Matthew 25 that whatever we do for the immigrant, sick, poor and, you know, in prison, we do to him. So think about it. And, and I want you to really let it resonate. Like, what are you always doing? Who are who are the immigrants, the sick, the poor in prison people in your city, you know, your family or your world? That you are helping and that you're being selfless toward. And how can you start serving Jesus by actually serving the people that surround you and, and, and giving up all that you can to them? And I'll help you out. You feed them, right? So we're going to talk about like a couple of bread, fish, and Jesus stories in the Bible. So there's a story where thousands were fed from only five loaves and two fish. Then the one where, um, where Jesus told his disciples to fish on the other side of the boat, they did. They caught loads of fish and then came to shore where Jesus was waiting on the beach with some bread and grilled fish, right? So apparently Jesus was in the mood for grilling because next he started grilling Peter with questions and it was like this. And, and this is where Jesus asked Peter, he said, do you love me? So Peter said, yes. Then Jesus said, then feed my people. And Jesus said, really, do you love me? So Peter was basically like, yo, come on, Jesus, like totally I love you. So Jesus said, then take care of them. And, and, you know, in the five loaves and two fish story, the conversation was similar. It went something like this. Jesus, Jesus, disciples, right? It, they, they were telling Jesus that there's a ton of hungry people and there's no food. So Jesus said, give them something to eat. And in both stories, Jesus told his closest followers to feed the people who needed him. 
And in both stories, Jesus provided the miracle of multiplication. And in both stories, everybody involved ended up with more than they gave. That's how Jesus works. Our conversation like with him might sound like this. Like if we had a conversation with him where Jesus would say, do you love me? And we'll say, well, yes. You know, can't you tell? Like we read our Bible. We we open up our apps. We do Bible plans. Like we we tell people we love you. And Jesus. So if Jesus said to us, feed the people who need me, a lot of us. This is where our mind would go. And, we, and, you know, we'll say, well, that's like, you know, billions of people. And Jesus, like the budget for that alone would be like crazy. So Jesus would say, do you love me? So how will you respond to Jesus? People, like people are hungry and in need of him. And we're not just we're not just talking about food when he says hungry. Like people are hungry and in need of Jesus. You can pray and ask Jesus to save the lost, but these stories show us how he'll answer. You feed them. You can feed others encouragement, their love, their hope or wisdom. You can share the bread of life. Jesus with others by sharing the stories of what he's done for you. And whatever you give may seem small, but remember, Jesus is the multiplier. So think about it. Like, can you give, you know, to a local church? Can you go above and help, you know, while people are starting new churches? Can you give to the people with needs within your community? And and this and this helps me segue is to where does hard work get us when we're doing this? Right. So because like I've been I've been a Christian but pretty much my whole life, right? And and I grew up I grew up in a in a Christian household, but when I got older, I strayed away. I was in the world. I was doing a lot of things where I got to see both sides for what they really were. And and sometimes Christianity can get a, you know, a cushy like selfish reputation, right? But that reputation doesn't know Jesus work on the cross and it doesn't know the apostle Paul. Everything Paul did was all in. Paul was sold out, right? He came up through a rigorous early life of studying law and religion. So if you know anything about Paul, he was very, very intelligent and very learned on the law and the religion, right? So much that he'd hold his own with like with like Greek philosophers and Jewish leaders and government authorities if you read about him. Paul became hateful of Christians, right? Listen, Paul, Paul became hateful of Christians who, whose uh, Jesus seemed to threaten everything he studied and worked for. And before turning to Christ, Paul was infamous for his drive to capture and punish and even kill Christians. So after Paul turned to Christ, he didn't lose not one bit of his tenacity. Instead of traveling to cities full of Christians to bring to death, he would travel to cities with no Christians to bring life. And instead of putting Christians in prison for their faith, he went to prison for this, then wrote much of the New Testament there. When authorities questioned him, he answered with the gospel. 
And, and when he was beaten down, he'd stand up for truth. When he was shipwrecked, snake bitten and tired, he'd pray harder, work harder and rely on God's grace like he had no other choice because he knew he had no other choice. So think about it. You have career dreams, relationship hopes and financial plans that you run after with determination. And maybe you're sacrificing more than anyone knows to overcome an addiction, serve your family, you know, give to your community or or grow the church. Like Paul, you know, hard work. Still, there's something about hard work we can learn from Paul. And it's not just what we should be, you know, what we should be doing it. Like, it's, it's not that we should just be just doing hard work. Right. So. So here's here's three lessons, right, that that I was thinking about, like in Paul's life, if you watch it, like what it taught me. And number one, that's is, you know, hard work isn't just how we get somewhere great tomorrow. Hard work poured out to God is something great today. So we worship. And number two is that Paul knew he worked harder than many, but he also knew he wasn't greater than anybody. Right. So no matter how hard he worked, he still knew he was he was still the same as everybody else. He wasn't greater than them. And number three is that we don't work hard to get grace. We work hard because we already have grace. And this is where misconception is that we have to work for God's grace and his mercy and compassion. It's already been given to us. We've already been given. The gift of everlasting life. It's not, it's not that we have to die to get it. We've been given it already. So where does hard work get us, right? So without Christ, it's not much more than a difficult way to reach the end, right? And with Christ, hard work itself can be a gift. It's a reminder of his grace in our lives. And it's our very best lived out as a worship right when we work hard it's as worship of offering back to him so think about what i told you about um the 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 three lessons i said i got from paul's life and which one applies to you most and so i'm I'm gonna close out in a little bit but but yo let's like let's get real right let's get like real simple like what what are we doing here so think about it. What, what is reading the Bible, right? Prayer and Christianity all about. So it's about loving God and others, right? It's, it's following Jesus. So if that sums up your faith, then think about this question. What does it actually mean to follow Jesus? He's not literally walking in, you know, some jeans and sandals in front of us, right? So, so what does it mean every day? Here's a, like, here's another question. How, how much do my daily routines, my attitudes, my relationships, my financial decisions and goals look like Jesus? I'm, I'm going to repeat it. How much do my daily routines, attitudes, relationships, financial decisions and goals look like Jesus? How much do they look like Jesus and how much am I aligned with his will and his way in my life? John the Baptist figured out following Jesus, right? He realized more of Jesus meant less of John. So that's why he said he must become greater. I must become less. 
And the Apostle Paul made it pretty simple in his letter to the church of Philippi. He said, and this was in Philippians, um, for those who don't know, but he said, we need to have the same mindset as Christ. And to paraphrase Paul, he, he, he basically said, think about it. Jesus was God. He didn't have to do any of this, but he made himself a servant, obedient to the worst life has to offer, which is death, all to give us life. And Jesus, like God, could have could have had whatever he wanted. Instead, he gave up everything he had so we could know God. Following Jesus is living with that mindset. So how does it look to apply this mindset to the way you serve, you know, your kids, your family, your neighbors, your co-worker, the other humans that we share this planet with and what about your life looks like his and what specifically will you have less of in order to live more like him like what in your life will you have less of or what or do you know that will require you to have less of to be more like christ and for people to be see you more like christ So I pray every day. I'm going to be honest that I say, God, thank you for your selfless love. Help me to love and live like Jesus, bold in witness, courageousness in service, extravagant in generosity and grateful in the daily grind that you have given me each and every day. And I pray that you guys will say the same prayer and will think the same things and have the same mindset of Christ himself and of all his servants that have given us the perfect illustration of humility as calling ourselves followers of Christ. I love each and every one of you. I pray that I was able to impart some knowledge and wisdom in somebody. Just one person is all I ask. If I can help change one person's life, then it is all worth it to me. I love each and every one of you. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'm about to get ready to head out. But yo, you guys, don't forget. Don't forget. Guys, send me um, the likes. Applaud it. Um, if you like it, guys, for those on, on iTunes, please, please, please go on and rate. Send me some comments. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys think and how I can improve or become better in the areas that I am being able to serve you guys. I appreciate all that listen and all that share this. And you guys are fantastic. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for your attentiveness and your love. Have a fantastic day, y'all. I'm out. Peace.